All right, everybody, welcome to week one of House Church. My name is William. Uh, I get to serve here at DC as your executive pastor. I'm joined by your lead pastor, Benjamin Kemper. How are you doing, Ben? Man, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm, I'm excited about House Church. We've been playing on this for a while um, and what we're going to do, what we're going to talk about. And so I'm super excited to finally get into it and for all of you gather all over the place to experience this with us. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. We're really excited. Thank you for joining us. Um, if you haven't, or well, hopefully you've already met the people in your house, right? <laughs> or the people you're doing house church with, but, uh, we're glad that we're getting to do this together as we finish up construction. And I think it's a, a great way, a great tool that God's in to use. So, yeah. um, over the next uh, couple weeks, kind of, I was going to kind of share the purpose yeah. uh, of us doing this. It's really just to give you the practical to tools to equip you to take the gospel, um, out to wherever you're at. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea behind this is we've been spending all summer doing, you know, full send summer and whatnot. And we wanted to spend some time without, you know, there, there are a lot of things that we've talked about in principle, Mm -hmm. um, but we really wanted to make it practical and say, how can we, what can we do uniquely in this time that we have together? That's not just, here's more content and information. um, But as you can imagine, like with anything, uh, it takes practice. It takes putting yourself in that position. It takes the principles. And so um, what we're, you know, looking forward to doing is just doing just that, giving you practical tools and actually giving you the opportunity to use some of those tools while you're together in your house churches. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be awesome. And I think of all the things that we could have chosen to talk about, Mm -hmm. this is the most critical, right? This is the most mission critical, as they say. Yeah. Um, And I think it's also uh, the thing that as believers, we maybe don't realize how much we struggle with it. Yeah. So whenever we talk about evangelism, right, the, the, the problem is, is we all know it's something that we should do. Mm. We all know it's something that's vitally important, right? Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, which implied taking people who don't know Jesus, helping them to come to know Jesus. Um, but when it comes to that and we're thinking, I know that principally is something I should do and care about and prioritize. Yeah. However, when it meets the rigors of my real life, I really don't have a lot of integration into that, right? Mm. Like I don't really talk about my faith a lot, share my faith a lot. I don't feel like I'm that effective at it and and things like that. And so it just feels awkward. A lot of times it feels forced. It feels clunky. Uh, It feels like you're, you know, forcing unnecessary or unwanted information into a conversation. So it just kind of creates the sense of we just don't do it. And I think that a lot of that is just misconceptions and lack of a good plan. Yeah. Yeah. I I think we all can agree and relate to that. Mm -hmm. Why do you think, why do you think that is for this, for this uh, area of, of what, I mean, we're devoting our life to this. Mm-hmm. We're devoting our life. We believe that Jesus has died on the cross for our sins. Why do you think it's so difficult and so uh, clumsy as we're trying to communicate this to somebody? So I think a couple things. I think one is people are told they're given the gift of evangelism, which means Mm -hmm. that if I don't have that gift, that means I'm not good at it, which I don't believe to be true. I think that there are some people who are abnormally gifted at it, but I think it's the responsibility and the gifting of every person. Um, If I was to say there's a misconception, actually, of, of what we think is the reason, I think oftentimes it gets blamed on fear of man. And I think that certainly exists, right? Um, My hypothesis is that it's more of a fear of failure or a fear of lack of effectiveness that drives our inability or our kind of hesitancy towards sharing our faith. In other words, um, most people would say, oh, well, we're concerned about the pushback of what other people think. Uh, Perhaps. To me, my guess is when people think about sharing their faith, if they don't share their faith, it's because they think, 
if I were to talk about this with a coworker, with a friend, with a family member, yeah. 10 times, 10 times they wouldn't become a Christian, hmm. right? If for everybody, there's a, there's a percentage in there. Maybe it's 50%, maybe it's 25%. Like, But if you shared your faith 10 times and five times out of those 10, somebody became a Christian, my guess is Christians would share their faith a ton, right? Hmm. Which tells me, it's more of a fear of like, I just don't think it's going to work. And so, which is why we're here. We want to say, how can we do things? How can we prepare you and give you real world tools that we think will actually work? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that the fear of the failure really comes from thinking that we're responsible mm-hmm. 100%. Um, and that we're the ones that are, that are, uh, it's, it's up to us mm-hmm. to save this person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not up to us, right? Yeah. It's up to, I mean, it's God, it's the Holy Spirit that's going to do the work there. Mm-hmm. It's up to us to just present, yeah. right? And so really, if you were rejected 10 times, mm-hmm. um, that has nothing to do with how well you did. Yeah, well, and I, what I would say on top of that is that it's also a lack of a plan. We know we should, we just don't know. So I just say, Hey, can I tell you about Jesus? Let me tell you about my Lord and Savior. Let me tell you about my testimony, right? I mean, honestly, even the premise of we should share is kind of something we're going to deal with next week, but Mm. um, it's going to be, it's an important part of it. Yeah, that's great. Um, All right. So as we're jumping into the content, um, where do we start? What's our starting point? So I think the best place to start with this is starting with the end in mind, which is um, it's hard to lead someone to a place that you don't know how to adequately or accurately explain that place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the starting point is being able to simply clearly articulate the gospel. Uh, and depending on how long you've been a Christian, uh, that might seem obvious or self-evident. Yeah. Uh, but my, my experience is that um, most of us, if we were sitting across the table from someone at a coffee shop, right? And it's the dream scenario. I want you to imagine there's a coworker and you've been talking to them and they come up to you one day and say, can we grab coffee? And you go get coffee and you're sitting down and they say, what does it mean to be a Christian mm-hmm. and how do I become one? What does it mean to be a Christian and how do I become one? Yeah. Could we adequately and accurately explain the gospel like the ultimate slow roller the slow pitch the this is the one that you knock out of the park right yeah can we actually lead in there and so i think before we get to all these strategies and things like that in, in the kind of subsequent weeks we have to start at the starting point of saying just so how do we explain the gospel well and how do we mm. explain it clearly um so i think for us that's the that's the starting point yeah yeah definitely um and i think also there's this point of of just kind of, um, you know, hey, even if it like the slow pitch kind of slow roller type mm-hmm. situation is so uncommon, mm-hmm. um, so we don't even know how to even get to that point. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, so, what would you say is like, okay, if if there are principles mm-hmm. that kind of where, where's my starting point? Where's my starting ground? Yeah, just in any conversation, whether it's the slow slow roller or if it's um, what are the, what are the couple things that I need to remember and know yeah. in that moment? To, yeah. So to explain the gospel well in that moment, I think, and this is kind of, I, I, you know me, I tend to take things and try to say, how do I, how do I take them and make them simple? Cause to me, if they're not simple, then no one's going to remember them. Sure. Um, they might be exhaustive and explanatory, but they're just <laughs> not clear. Yeah. Um, and so the way I would think about this is, is three different parts. Okay. Um, uh, what I would say is maybe the three pillars or the three components of the gospel in explaining it. So one, uh, and I'll go through them brief and I'll give a little more detail. Yeah. So one is the holiness of God. Um, two is the sinfulness of man. Mm-hmm. And three is forgiveness through Jesus, right? Okay. So the holiness of God, 
um, sinfulness of man, forgiveness of Jesus. And so the idea behind that is it gives us kind of the framework. So God and his holiness. Yeah. Um, God is holy, and because of his holiness, he can't have sin in his presence, mm-hmm. right? We have all sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. Um, as a result of that, there is a gigantic gap between our sinfulness and his holiness. Mm-hmm. My experience is that's a lot of times the thing that people have to grasp well. Because that's the thing that our culture tells us, no, you're good enough, you're good enough, you're good enough. If there's an offensive part of the gospel, that's the offensive part. (laughs) You're not good enough, right? Um, And so one is the holiness of God. Two is the sinfulness of man. And three is forgiveness through Jesus. Now, Mm -hmm. there's a ton of different texts um, that outline this framework. Uh, One I'll take you through is is Romans Romans Road, so to speak, Uh, the classic. Um, So Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? Mm -hmm. That kind of talks to two components, but focusing somewhat on the glory of God, that mm-hmm. that there is this glorious being that is perfect, that is immaculate, that is, you know, he, he's incredible and he's holy and he's in heaven. And um, because of his holiness, if any of us were to see him, we would die. Yeah. Um, yet in light of that, um, we have sinned, right? Mm-hmm. So that's our sinfulness. Um, now, Romans 6.23 says this, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God um, is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so, so what my sin should, what my sinfulness should create is a, is a debt towards God, right? That I cannot pay that debt. Um, the wages of sin is death, which is what I should earn. Uh, and then, you know, the gift of God is eternal life. So, um, but God demonstrated his love for us in this. This is the forgiveness in Jesus part, um, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so in going through and explaining, it's saying, okay, let me help us to, to wrestle with the idea that God is holy and unapproachable yeah. outside of Jesus. Um, that Jesus paid for the sinful debt that my debt created, mm-hmm. right? And so three pillars, holiness of God, um, sinfulness of man or sinfulness of myself, yeah. and then forgiveness through Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so when I can help someone to really understand um, mechanically what it is that the gospel presents, that God's holy, I'm not. I can't make myself holy enough. And so Jesus forgave me by dying for me on the cross. Um, when people grasp that, it's so much better than just saying, oh, believe in Jesus, yeah. right? Um, yeah. And the reason it's better than that is because I can believe, yeah, well, believe what? Believe that he was a person, mm-hmm. believe that he lived, believe that he was around, believe that he rose from the dead. I mean, all those things are parts of it. Sure. But the core of the gospel is those three things, the holiness of God, sinfulness of man, forgiveness through Jesus. Yeah, no, that's good. And I think... Um I think at the core of that too is we tend to like kind of in presenting mm-hmm. kind of rush through those. Yeah. Um, and kind of to your point of like understanding the holiness of God, like helping people realize like, Hey, uh, you know, the sinfulness of man, like I am not good enough. Yeah. Like there's some conversation that's involved. In that, mm-hmm. Right. Maybe 100%. I'm jumping ahead a little bit. No, but, no, no. That's good. Um, you know, there it's, it's not just, Hey, here are the three things. Do you believe? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah but yeah. it's really understanding. And I think, I mean, understanding those those verses in Romans uh, and really clinging to those, um, man, as believers, we should commit those to memorization, right? Yeah, it should be 100%. like embedded in our heart mm-hmm. um, so that we can better articulate that. Yeah, and I think at the end of it too, you know, to what you're saying about how, um, you know, it, it's not a rush through process. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it becomes personal in conversation, right? Mm-hmm. And you're able to contrast it with other things as in... Um, every other religion is 
talks about God as holy, but talks about man as trying to become holy, right? Mm -hmm. If I can behave my way, and honestly, for some of us as Christians, that's that's kind of the version that we were presented. If you're good enough, holy enough, God will love you and accept you. Um, What we believe is like, man, here's the good news. I think deep down, everybody knows they're not good enough. Everybody's trying to prove something, to be something, to keep up with the Joneses, to be good enough, Mm. to be sufficient. I think the good news of the gospel is it says you can't, and that's good news because you were never supposed to. And so that's the message that we have to share. And so what we want you to do now um, is in your own words, we want you to take this concept, which you've probably heard a ton of times, Mm -hmm. but there is so much more power when you can actually take this concept, these three constructs, the holiness of God, the sinfulness of man or the sinfulness of being, you could say that, um, and forgiveness through Jesus. When you can take those from concept to actually being able to put them in your your own words, um, it puts them into your voice in a way that I think is actually really memorable for you. So what we want you to do right now is just take a couple minutes um, and in your own words, we want you just to write down um, what is the holiness of God? What is the sinfulness of man? And what does it look like to have forgiveness through Jesus? So take a couple minutes in your own words and write that down right now.
All right, welcome back. Um, in a few minutes, we're actually going to have you pair up with somebody that you are uh, participating in house church with um, and kind of share what you've written. Um, and whether if you're in a house church or you're at home with your spouse or you're with your roommates, um, hey, it's a great time for you to do that. So, yeah. Ben, I guess kind of share like why you want us to do this. Yeah, so one is... Um, because I think it's, so this is a safe place to get it wrong. I just want to say that first and foremost. This yeah, is a very safe 100%. place to get this wrong. Uh, we expect you to, in fact, we expect it to be clunky, which is why we're doing this. Yeah. Um, but the reason we wanted to do this is because uh, my experience is it's one thing to know it, it's nothing to write it, but when you're actually having to say it out loud in your own words, one is there's just a higher level of retention. Yeah. Uh, the, but the second one is that you actually get to um, there's a difference between when you write something and how you would say it. Mm -hmm. And so you're able to actually kind of work that out a little bit. We yeah. wanted to create a place that basically had some psychological safety and yeah. say it's safe to fail. It's safe for it to be clunky. It's safe for it to be unclear. We would rather it be clunky and unclear here so it can be streamlined and clear when you're actually in a real conversation. Right. Yeah. And so this is just like like any sport. This is just part of the practice of, of getting it down well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I mean. I just know for me, I will never do it if I don't practice. hundred percent. Right? I mean, why would I why would I put myself out there like that if I actually haven't practiced it beforehand? Right. Um, so I think it's very important. Yeah, and the probably the reason that you're that you wouldn't want to practice it is the same reason you wouldn't want to share it because of the fear of clunkiness, right? Exactly. So the thing that's preventing the practice is actually the thing that's preventing from the sharing. But to that point, I think so this is where I find so much help from Paul. Hmm. Um, because Paul was so Paul is the person who, of all people, understood the gospel. He wrote Romans um, chapters 1 through 11 are the most dense, complex, intricate, theological outworking of the gospel itself, mm -hmm. right? How it works, how it functions, how it acts, how we arrive to it, the implications from it. Um, but what I love is in Colossians, Paul is talking to a church and he's asking them to pray for him and his prayer uh, is super helpful to me. So I just want to read you this prayer. Yeah. This is what he says. He, sorry, he asked them, he says, and pray for us too, uh, that God may open a door for our message. That's the message of the gospel of Jesus. So that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ um, for which I am in chains. So he's like, I'm indebted to this. So this is Paul. Again, he's all in full sin. He says, pray that I may proclaim it clearly hmm. as I should. And I love that because Paul's like, man, I know I wrote Romans and I know I am the, I don't know if he would say this, but I know I'm the greatest influencer for the kingdom of God with the exception of Jesus that has ever existed in Christendom. Yeah. <sighs> but I'm not sure it's clear yet, yeah, you know? And that yeah. just, it gives me so much comfort because at times, even when I'm presenting on stage, I'm thinking like, this is it. And I feel comfortable and confident with that. But it, but is this as clear as it possibly could be? Yeah. And so if at all you feel a sense of hesitancy or resistiveness because of the fact that you in reality have wondered if it's clunky, if it's clear, mm -hmm. the truth is, is good news, good luck um, because we're with Paul in this. And so that's yeah. good news. We all find comfort in that. So push against that sense um, that, that wants to get it right the first time and yeah. just know that, you know, we're sinful human beings and we don't. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, right now in your safe home and with your group of uh, people that you're watching House Church with, we want to just break up two, maybe three at the most if there's a, if there's a good amount of you guys. Um, and we want you just to, in your own words, share what you wrote, share what um, the gospel looks like to you. Um, and hey, if you're at church or you are watching House Church by yourself, just say it out loud. 
right? Just say mm -hmm. it. Um, just say it where you're at in your room. Um, and I think even just articulating it out loud can yeah. be helpful. So um, you guys do that. And thank you for joining us for week one of House Church.